1: Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Red Sea Roundup. I'm your host, Judy Como. So happy to be here in our studio at St. Mary's Catholic Center. Welcome to all of our listeners around Central Texas. We welcome you Brazos Valley, listening on KEDC 88.5 FM, KYAR 98.3 in Central Texas, and KINF 107.9 in Palestine. Welcome to everyone. It is not quite the bright, sunshiny day that we've had the past two days, which was such a respite from our Snowmageddon experience, but it is still a beautiful day. I'm happy to be here. We're going to begin this session of Roundup with a prayer to unite us all in our celebration of the year of St. Joseph. So I ask that you would sign yourself in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O oh, blessed Joseph, faithful guardian of my Redeemer, Jesus Christ, protector of your chaste spouse, the Virgin Mother of God, I choose you this day to be my special patron and advocate and I have firmly resolved to honor you all the days of my life. Therefore, I humbly call on you to receive me as your adopted child, to instruct me in every doubt, to comfort me in every affliction, to obtain for me all the knowledge and love of the sacred heart of Jesus, and finally to defend and protect me at the hour of my death. Amen. We'd like to remind our listeners that, Making this prayer as a part of your year of St. Joseph, it carries with it a plenary indulgence. A plenary indulgence is the complete remission of the temporal punishment due to sins that have already been absolved through the sacrament of confession. Lots more to be found out. Search out plenary indulgence for more information. I want to welcome uh, our listeners and let you all know that I'm here with our station manager, Thaddeus Romanski. Good morning, Thaddeus.
0: Good morning, Judy. How are you? I am always better when I'm with you in the the Red Sea Catholic Radio studios. You
1: are so generous. I'm going to bring you some more cookies.
2: Schmoozing.
0: Awesome schmoozing. And
1: also here is our (laughs) president,
2: Dennis Maka. Howdy, Judy. Y'all doing good? Yeah, we're doing great.
1: And our... New friend, new to me, friend, uh, Anna, how are you, girl?
2: Howdy, I'm good, how are you? Good,
1: good, so good to be here. What's your official capacity here at the station?
2: I am a student intern here at Red Sea Radio.
1: Awesome. Well, good labor.
2: She's amazing.
1: That's great.
2: Man, we've had such a great streak of, of incredible interns to help us, just one, two, three, three or so, maybe four in a row, so we're very grateful for Anna being here with us.
1: Good. Well, I suppose uh, everything kind of has a cycle where for a full year or so, can hardly talk to anyone for more than a minute or two without having some type of a COVID conversation. (laughs) And uh, sadly, it took a ice storm, a week long ice storm to kind of take our focus off of that. So now that's going to be the conversation every time you see someone new here and there. So What's your story, Dennis? How? Oh,
2: <laughs> uh, we we did great. Yeah, thanks be to God, we didn't lose the power as as often as others did, and and we are very grateful for that. And. So yeah, we didn't have much suffering, as, as I like to say, and and I'm pretty safe to say my my teenagers aren't listening because they're at school right now. But my only suffering was you know having four teenagers in the house for a <laughs> week. So, and actually that was probably their suffering as well as having dad home because the the office was <laughs> shut down as well. Didn't have a break from yeah, each it, other. Yeah, so it was a mutual suffering, and and that's that's always good for for our our soul. I I think, <laughs> I think so. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. but, but we, we managed through no broken pipes, and so we prayed for all those that were out of power and, and out of water and, you know, uh, heat. I know it was a rough go for some, but uh, thanks be to God, we, uh, we're we good.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that, and we feel relatively unscathed by it, too. I live out in the country, kind of had an idea that something could happen, so we had did some semi preparedness by stockpiling some water here there and everywhere we have a our own well but you need electricity to power the well so along with the rolling blackouts yeah then we would have water then we wouldn't wednesday broken pipe Fixed it, another mm. broken pipe, and we decided to just keep our water off.
2: I know they had a rough that. go of things in central Texas as yeah. well in Palestine. As a matter of fact, all four of our stations went down at, at one point or another, you know, um, um, you know. Locally in the Bryan College Station, we were down for about a day and a half. Waco, like three days, you know. Palestine went down for not very long at all. They were the troopers, I guess. Mm-hmm. And and our Spanish station here went on to backup audio because of electricity being out at the studio. And so, yeah, we we kind of expected it. And uh, we just hunkered down and we thank everybody for their support <laughs> and patience. Um, yeah,
1: well, as... Um, in,
2: in, in support and patience in, in the troubles that we were having.
1: Yeah, some as I've mentioned on the show, uh, I have the inability to tell one story without telling another story, so <laughs> along these lines, I had signed up for a new workout program, which was delayed because of the ice le- last week, and two days ago on Monday, I went to the first class, and as we were warming up, our instructor asked us how we were doing, and my new friend, Joy, has called in today through the power of the Holy Spirit, she tells the story the next day, some guy named Will says, God, that was such a feel good story. I wish more people could hear about it. (laughs) And I said, well, guess what? I'm going to be on the radio tomorrow. So, uh, Joy, are you here? Um, yes, I am. Hey, good morning. Uh, welcome to Red Sea Roundup. And I'm just thrilled that it worked out that you were able to call in. So, uh, Tell our listeners about our conversation and your glory story.
3: Okay, I'd be glad to. Um, I have a good friend that lives here in College Station, and her mom, uh, Sally, who is 91 years old, lives in San Angelo, and she lives in a a little senior complex of of duplex apartments. And so, of course, when all the um, frigid weather Started last week. Uh, my friend uh, was trying to contact her mom, and uh, her cell phone wasn't working. Evidently, so because she couldn't reach her. So then she called um, a relative that lives about an hour from San Angelo, and and they talked about it. And the uh, the relative said, "Well, she said I can't I can't go check on her because." the road is completely closed. We're not allowed to use it right now. Mm. So uh, she said, but I I know a policeman that lives in San Angelo, and I'll call him and just ask him if he could go check on her to see if she needs anything. Mm -hmm. So uh, he did go check on her, uh, but instead of uh, offering to go get water or more blankets or whatever, uh, she said she, she had been just trying to stay in her bed to stay warm. And so um, he helped her pack a little bag and he took her to his house. And then he contacted his mom. And uh, so he took her to his mom's house because he thought she would be more comfortable there. Mm-hmm. And she was able to stay with her until, you know, the utilities came back on and she could get back in, in her apartment. Wow. And um she's she's a great lady. I've met uh Sally before when she would come visit my friend and she would bring her to church and she's got a sense of humor and so <laughs> she she told my friend afterwards, she said, Well, when I was getting in that police car, she said, Everybody that lives around here sees everything. And she said, I was wondering what they were thinking about me getting into a police car and being driven away.
1: Oh, that's amazing. Well, uh, Joy, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I just don't know what Jordan told you. Uh, So after our class uh, yesterday, uh, Will and Jordan and I were standing there, and Will said, you know, I was so... uh, overwhelmed by that story that Joy told, I, I wish that more people could hear it. Knowing that uh, I was gonna be on the station today, I was like, Well let's see, come on, Holy Spirit, let's <laughs> see if we can make this happen. Um because don't we need uh yeah, in a perfect world the right amount of utilities will be where it needs to be and we'll all not uh-huh. have to suffer anything, but we don't live in that broken on that perfect world. Um, right. He, he, Will, is a veteran, and the story especially resonated with him because it was a police officer. And when he made mention of it, <clears throat> my future son-in-law is a College Station police officer. And oh. uh, it really uh, touched me to know that we, you know, we need to hear these good stories of neighbors reaching out and going, mm-hmm. going that et- extra mile.
3: Right.
2: Good deal. Well, so thanks be to God.
1: We made it work out and you were able to finish your Bible study at eleven and call in and get on here. So uh I appreciate it and boy, we're gonna have something to talk about tomorrow besides I don't know about you, but I'm really sore. So <laughs>
3: Well, I'm one of those two day out people, so I'll probably be sore tomorrow <laughs> when I have to go back. And
1: <laughs> Same. Well, oh, I, I appreciate you sharing your time, and uh, that's a great story. We uh, we look forward to. I look forward to seeing you again in the morning. Thanks a lot. Well,
3: you're very welcome. God bless you. Glad to help you out. I just I loved it too, and it impacted me as well. So
1: good deal. I'll All for God's glory, my friend. Thank you a lot. <laughs> You bet. Thank
2: you.
3: Bye-bye. You're welcome.
1: <laughs> good deal. So, wow. Um, we hope, all
2: need a good feel-good yes, story we right do. now.
1: Yes, we do. Uh, normally, pre-COVID, uh, yeah. our time before the break was filled with different happenings here, there, and everywhere. And <laughs> thankfully, things are starting to pick up again. I just wanted to mention, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's fish fries going on at lots of places, lots of time, but I do know specifically that St. Mary's in Caldwell has started to have their fish fries on Friday. It's mm-hmm. a drive through only. I have the information, but since I have firsthand
2: knowledge of St. Thomas Aquinas here in College Station. Uh, I have knowledge that Palestine, Sacred Heart in Palestine is having their fish fries as well. Uh, We're running spots in Palestine for them uh, regarding that. So, you know, that there's there is a lot more activity going on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. In College Station, I'm sorry, in Caldwell, specifically uh, drive through only 430 to 630. Check it out and support those Knights of Columbus, they do a lot of great things.
2: Yeah, and they're that. they're supporting many charities with the funds from from those fish fries. So they do great work.
1: Yes, Red Sea Radio, in particular, lots of great supporters from the Caldwell area. What else
2: you got for us? I in want the last to mention
1: that uh, the Men on Fire, Saint Albert the Great in Austin and Central Texas Fellowship of Catholic Men are co-sponsoring a one-day retreat hmm. entitled "Men on Fire." Become Who You Are. That's on March the 20th, St. Albert the Great. The retreat will be led by Bart Schutz of the JP2 Healing Institute on March 19th. All invited to a pre-treat, pre-retreat. Wow. That includes Stations of the Cross. We have about a minute left before we go to break. You can check out uh, stalbertthegreat.org for more information for that. And I hope that our listeners will stick with us through the break. Uh, Thaddeus, Dennis, and I will have yeah. a roundtable discussion.
2: Yeah, so stay tuned. We're we're looking forward to to bringing up some things that we are just going to be talking kind of a, amongst friends about a topic that that may be kind of difficult to talk about and it may be difficult to listen to. So, you know, stick with us, and um, we think it's a real critical, critical, important time to to talk about such things. so
1: Just another um, example of why we need each other, why we need our faith, why we need Jesus so yeah. much in our life.
2: I know so many times my faith just comes alive and it becomes, as you mentioned, on fire again when I'm in community. And I think a lot of what we're going to be doing is reflecting what I think all of us should be doing and reflecting upon such things going forward, even if there are restrictions in place. So... Looking forward to coming back Red Sea Roundup after the
4: break.
1: Welcome back to Red Sea Roundup. want to uh, extend a welcome to all of our listeners throughout Central Texas here locally, KEDC 88.5 in the Bryan College Station area, KYAR Central Texas, KINF 107.9. If you're just joining us, uh, today's program will be a little bit different. Uh, Thaddeus and Dennis and I are going to share some ideas and thoughts
0: yeah, welcome back everyone. Welcome back, everyone. We're we're here on Red Sea Roundup and talking about the problem of scandal in the church. And as many of you in our listening area know, in the last few years we have had, you know, multiple public resignations by priests of their positions. So we wanted to come to you this morning and talk through the the bigger question of why why should we remain Catholic in the face of such hurtful news, and we're going to start by playing a very helpful uh, podcast episode from Father Mike Schmitz. All of y'all know Father Mike Schmitz, uh, especially from his Bible in a Year podcast lately, but he's had a long-running Catholic podcast, and this episode is titled, Why You Can't Put Your Faith in People. So we're going to review and uh, react to what he says. And then we're going to apply that to our local situation. Then we're going to give you some of our own thoughts that, you know, we've culled from other authoritative sources. So uh, here is Father Mike Schmitz.
4: Hi, my name is Father Mike Schmitz, and this is Ascension Presents. I've been thinking a lot recently about um, some things I've seen in the news, I guess for probably a couple of years, maybe my whole life. Here's some influential Christians, I guess you say like that, or influential Christians Christian authors, speakers, writers, teachers, that kind of thing, who um, either disavow Christianity, like they say, like, i no longer am following Christ, or I no longer believe, or have like fallen into some, into some kind of scandal. Like they've failed to live up to uh, what they professed, or failed to live up to um, in their private life what they proclaimed in their public life. What I find maybe more troubling than that is the number of other Christians who say because of that, i 'm really struggling with my faith, so because of this the fact that this person who was influential as a Christian is now uh, struggling like i'm struggling now, or because this person who is influential on in my life and leading me to Christ because they've uh, demonstrated that their private life they did not live what they professed in their public life, then now I'm struggling with this and and on one hand again on the other hand again how many hands do we have here on one hand you recognize this is this is reality this is why it's called scandal right this is one of the reasons why Jesus has these words, they're so, man, so striking, where he says if one of you uh, lead one of these little ones to sin, it'd be better for a millstone, giant millstone to be placed around your neck and you throw it into the sea, which is a very graphic image about how serious it is to cause scandal, to cause another to stumble, to cause another to um, uh, say what is wrong is right and what is right is wrong. So serious. In fact, one of them are. Uh, poignant moments of seminary for me is we had a class on moral theology uh, taught by one of the lay professors, Dr. Thompson. And I remember what he said. He said something along the lines we were talking about this. He was talking about moral uprightness and then living in integrity. And he says, I have one word for you, men. And that word is millstones. And it was like, just like, cut me to the heart. Like, oh my goodness, Lord. There is a line in Psalm 69 where, where it says, let not those who hope in you Lose faith through me, O Lord. Let not those who hope in you lose faith through me, O Lord. Whenever I pray that, and we pray it pretty regularly when we pray the Liturgy of the Hours, um, it just always just pierces me. And I'm just like, Lord, yeah, please. You know, make these videos and stuff, but I know myself. Like, this is the thing. I know myself that I want. My, my interior life to match my exterior life. I want how I live in private to completely match up with the call that Christ has placed in my heart and that I try to live out in public. Like, but I also know my own woundedness and my own weakness. And so here's the thing, when I see that in other people, when I see the fall, when I see the scandal, when I see those other things, it doesn't surprise me. What I mean by that is it can hurt me. Like I, it saddens me and it makes me grieve, especially when through the actions of other Christians or you know Catholic leaders, that others are wounded? Definitely, right? That that It hurts all of us. In fact, St. Paul said that. He said, when one of us suffers, we all suffer. When one of us is strong, we all get stronger. So we're never isolated. We're never, it's completely individualistic. We're always part of this body. And when we choose virtue, the whole body gets strengthened. And when we choose vice and we are do not live up to what we profess, the whole body is wounded. The whole body suffers. And this on a personal note, I remember um, the very first priest I ever like kind of looked up to. Um, I was a kid. I remember even him preaching at a thing for World Youth Day for our diocese and going like, oh my gosh, hey, that's that really awesome priest that used to be in my hometown. And then not too long after that, hearing that he uh, had done some really serious, serious awful, seriously awful things involving abuse. And, and it was heartrending to hear that um, because of the, you think of the people that were hurt. Um, and you also think of like, oh, but I thought, oh, but he seems so much better than that, you know. But I never once, that never once made me think, wait, is Christianity true? I remember um, there was a, a priest who came to our, my, home, my hometown, my parish, a number of times um, to do parish missions. And he was the first priest to ever like, Call out my vocation in public. That he that that when I say call out, I mean like he uh, through his ministry, I was invited to respond in a public way to this reality that I was discerning if God was calling me to be a priest. And I went to all these missions and just and just he just convicted my heart and I read a bunch of his books and it just like really helped me along that that path. And then again, same kind of thing later on. Turned out that he wasn't living in his private life what he was professing in his public life. And again, that hard, so hard to hear. But I never thought, wait, does that does that, does that challenge my vocation? Is that mean It never even occurred to me that I would have to like reassess and discern, wait, was that real? Why? Because I didn't believe in Father. I didn't put my faith in this priest. I knew that they had said words and they had, told me things that were true. And I was convicted by the reality and the truth of Jesus Christ. I was convicted um, and, and moved <laughs> to, to discern because of the reality that Jesus has founded the church. This church that was founded upon 12 apostles, all of whom were broken. This church was founded upon these, these, these leaders, all of whom needed Redemption themselves. And so one of the things that just I, I keep coming back to is I've never put my faith is, Here's Psalm 149. Psalm 149 says Put no trust in princes, in mortal men in whom there is no help. So put no trust in princes, in mortal men in whom there is no help. And I have to realize that yeah I've never, I've never had faith in a person other than the person of Christ. I've never had faith in, oh, here, here is this particular Pope is the one who, he has to be perfect or else I can't believe. Or this particular priest who has to be perfect or else I can't believe. Or this particular, you know, religious education teacher, whoever it is, you know, that they have to be this influential Christian writer or preacher or teacher. They have to be perfect or else I won't believe. It's like, no, put no trust in princes, in whom, immortal men in whom, in whom there is no help. that I realized, oh my gosh, Lord, thank you so much. I have only placed my faith in you. And I just want to invite everyone watching this, listening to this to reassess and say, okay, um, who are those people who have helped me to Christ? Who are, the, who are those people who have, if they've proclaimed the truth to me and they've led me to Jesus, when I find out, because here's what's going to happen. At some point, you're going to find out that they are not the people you thought they were. Again, let's say, say this. At some point, you're going to find out they are, you are, they are not the people you thought they were. In some areas, maybe they're more heroic. In other areas, maybe they're more far more broken. And someday, all of us will find out that the people who have helped us the most on our way to the Lord are not the people we thought they were. That might be in this life where you know our, our wounds, our sins, our, our, the evil choices we make are exposed or it will be at the last judgment when all of those decisions, when, when our, the story of our lives are laid bare, at some point, every one of us will know that every single person who helped us come to the Lord is not who we thought they were, both good and for bad. But their failings don't need to be an obstacle to your faith. Their failings don't need to be an obstacle to your faith. And someday uh, I'll know your failings and it won't be an obstacle to my faith. And someday, I know this, you'll know my failings. But I, might, I beg you, don't let that be an obstacle to your faith because we put no trust in princes and mortal men in whom there is no help. We place our trust in our hope in the Lord Jesus Christ, in the Father, the Holy Spirit, in the church that he founded, that is broken, but also beautiful, that is human, but also holy. And we say, Lord, in all these things, let me put my faith in you. Let me not be shaken by the failings of others, but let them put their hope in you, Jesus, and put their trust in you, Jesus, knowing that we're surrounded by broken people as a broken person. Anyways, I don't know, what you th- that's, that's what I've been reflecting on a lot lately. So, I don't know. Maybe that's easier said than done. Maybe it's it's impossible to do. Maybe it's being naive. Maybe it sounds like letting people off the hook for their actions. I don't know. Let me know in the comments below. Like, share, subscribe. I mean, hit that ring, that note, note that bell. That Anyways, from all of us here at Ascension Presents, my name is Father Mike. God bless.
2: And we want to give full credit to Ascension Presents for that My episode. Mike
4: Schmitz, and this is Ascension Presents. Oh,
2: Father Mike, you can't to jump back in on us. A- he's <laughs> going
1: to sing his own t- <laughs> We
2: we want to give them full credit for everything there, and and we're not trying to just disseminate and and redistribute what they've already done. But we want to give full you know full commentary and appreciation and study and and discussion on that very very poignant podcast.
1: Yeah, he's. Uh, S- seems to provide uh help in so many areas oh, lots yeah. of uh i'm a big fan yeah big fan lots available so how about some thoughts dennis
2: well you know it's some of the things that i was taking notes on again because i've heard this multiple times um but wanted to hear it again in the context of our discussion yeah. you want you know, to
1: possibly tell our listeners how they can find that podcast oh to,
2: gosh it's all over yeah just just do a, a internet search or go to Spotify, Father Mike Schmitz. Um, it's back from his mid-October of last and year. the title
1: again was?
0: Uh, Thaddeus, you have that. Why? Why You Can't Put Your Faith in People. It's his yeah. Father Mike Schmitz Catholic Podcast. Yeah. And it's on
2: YouTube it. as well. Yeah, uh, three times his, in a row. Of his pretty face. You know, um, he does a, a, he's got it. On multiple different sources. And so that one specifically was mid-March. I'm sorry, mid-October of this past year. Okay. So, yeah, um, my initial thoughts. um, One thing I want to do is acknowledge um, that this isn't just about, you know, Catholic clergy. This has to do with all of us. One thing that we've tried to do with the Red Sea Catholic Radio with a lot of the things that are going on in our our church through all scandals and different things through the many years of this, and it's it's been gone on since the beginning since the beginning. It's infidelity. Mm -hmm. Okay. Infidelity to vows. Okay. So yes, priests, clergy, they all have vows that they take, just like I did when I became a husband. I took vows and and so when we all stray from what we should be it's a form of infidelity to one degree or another you know so we want to call it that and that's what it is and it's it's a sin you know so when we we have some of those failings that we see in the clergy around us you know we want to call that for what it is that's a sin and it's way beyond what we should be expecting way below maybe what we should be expecting from people that have taken vows you know and so consequences should and could come from that just like if i were to not be faithful to my vows to my beautiful wife there's going to be hell to pay <laughs> you know uh, from her and from you know the 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 repercussions upon the kids and 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 as we've seen in so many of our uh relatives or friends that we've seen families break up and and divorce and separations it hurts many 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 more people than the two people that you think are involved and so um i think that's what some of the the, the church communities are going through right now is that extenuated hurt right now and i want to normalize that here goes my counselor hat. You know, mm-hmm. all of us go through something like this and it's okay to feel hurt. It's okay to feel anger and um it's okay to even question things. You know, I, I, one thing I noticed is that when Father Mike Schmidt started talking about the specific situation when he was a kid, I mean many years ago, you could hear that hurt in his voice, that pause, that seriousness that he took because that hurt is still there. That disappointment is still there. And, you know, he says, never once did it make him think or question his faith. You know, I don't know. I don't know. if I'm, I love you, Father Mike Schmitz. I wonder if I believe that or not, because most people question things. And I want to tell people it's okay. It's not okay to have your faith destroyed by this. Because you need to lean lean on the intellect sometimes and what you know to be true, maybe if you don't even feel it at the time. Yeah. You know, so I I could see that he was still feeling the hurt. Mm -hmm. I could hear that in his voice, but he never questioned it intellectually, I think is what he means, is that he never doubted his faith and let it destroy his faith. But I'm sure it rocked him pretty bad at that time, as it it does all of us. Well, we...
1: We had difficulty even deciding if we were going to do this show. <laughs> we had uh, moments. Uh, Thaddeus and I happened to be at the same mass this past weekend. Um, and
2: Where an, an announcement was made. Yeah. Correct. We and, won't go into the details. And
1: but. Uh, so we kind of said, I, I know people who are right in the face of it Uh right now i myself have been a part of it for personally for 23 years and uh so we we struggled whether to even have this discussion on air and uh we had the wonderful podcast to kind of springboard into that but you know challenges comes to our comes in our faith life From many directions and at many times, good times and bad.
2: And I think it's helpful for us to lean on one another. And I think that's trying. That's kind of what we're doing today is modeling that. Modeling the discussion about rather than gossip or rumor about what went on at what parish and where, we're going to talk about how it impacts us personally and be there for one another.
0: Yeah. And I think I understand the the place you're coming from, Dennis, there. But I want to kind of push back a little bit against what you said and go back to something that. Father Mike said, which is every one of us is going to disappoint the Mm -hmm. other, the other person at some point, we're all going to turn out not to be Mm -hmm. who somebody else thought that we were, we were. And so even more powerful than the good example that you are to me, the good example that you are Judy to me is the teachings of the church. And, and I wanted to, to point out that Father Mike's talking about this in his podcast. He's just not putting it, a fancy Latin phrase on it. But I'm going to give you the fancy Latin phrase because I want to do that so that you know that this concept is a part of that very mm-hmm. tradition and magisterium and teaching of the church that we, we ground ourselves in. And that's this idea of fides qua creditur et fides qua Creditor. Now, what does that mean? I have it, no clue. <laughs> it means faith by which one believes and faith one believes. Faith by which one believes and faith one believes. So that's that fides qua creditor, that is the experiential side of our faith. The good example of fellow Catholics around us who strengthen us, they make our faith more uh, stronger. We mm-hmm. believe more fervently. They speak particularly particularly to our circumstance in life, our temperament, our past experiences. Some people's good examples, some people's words speak stronger to me than they do to you. The ones that stand out to you speak more to your experience of faith and less so to me. That's that Fides Qua Creditor. But what's even stronger than that is Fides Qua Creditor. It's the faith we believe. It's the capital T tradition. It's the magisterium. It's the, it's the confidence in the teachings of the church mm-hmm. that are never going to let us down. And I, I think we have a hard time maybe really accepting that because we also live in an age of subjectivism and relativism so it's a philosophical problem too it's we're living in a society that is all about the subjective the subject that it's the person who is speaking and doing it's the person that matters not the action not the truth the content of what they say mm-hmm. And our our Catholic faith is objective. It's this is objectively true. This is really true outside of ourselves, independent of who we are or how, or we, how we act or how we feel.
2: You know, one thing I, I, I wrote down in my notes, too, is trust and faith with a capital T trust, capital F faith are way different than trust and faith without a capital T or without a capital F. Yes. So to trust in, in in the truth with a capital T, I think that's what I meant is a truth with a capital T is way different than how we're feeling and, and how our faith in one another. I think he's talking about don't put your capital F faith in other people. That's right. You can put your little F faith in, <laughs> because I mean, literally, I don't think he's saying don't trust anyone, don't no, have faith not. in anyone. He's saying, don't let your capital F faith be dependent upon your relationship with someone else. And, you know, sometimes our faith doesn't necessarily feel good, but we still have to move forward. but So I, many saints have faced dry periods in their lives and, and I'm right there. I've shared that with many of people. I've got a dryness component in my own faith life, but the fact that I'm moving forward because I know what the capital T truth is, that's where I'm called to be right now. Right, And I think a lot of people that are going through hurt and difficulties, even if it's not a clergy situation, it's a family
0: situation, you've got to keep moving forward with your capital F faith. And then I think the other side of that that kind of points back to the words of our, of our Lord of the not picking out, the splinter in someone else's eye and missing the beam in your own eye applies here which is okay we don't we don't put too much stock in the personal example or we put the appropriate amount of weight in someone else's personal example but at the same time we should be all the more and that much more aware of our own personal example that we give mm. we have to be absolutely laser focused on the fact that my personal example could be scandal. My, my personal families could rock someone else's world. They could destroy someone else's faith. I have to be striving for, so we have to put the, we have to put the weight on ourselves. We have yeah. to put the, the onus on ourselves.
1: Yeah. I, I felt too, uh, that father Mike gave us, um, <clears throat> um, uh, some hope and mm-hmm. some consolation in saying "This, those disappointments, those shortcomings can't override the positive relationships that you have. Who are the people who've impacted your life in such a positive way? Who are the people who you sit on the patio at Wings and More and minister to each other and be there with someone in their hurting and, um, you know, again, other things that I took from the podcast where he mentioned scripture several times. And so we turn to the constant living mm-hmm. word of God, the scripture that speaks the truth. And I mean, the Psalms just cover so much of everything that you go through from the day to day. He mentioned, you know, we put our hope in Jesus, but it's, it's, uh, Personal, but it's not private.
2: Not at all. And uh, <laughs> not at all.
1: That's uh, so very important. And by putting that weight, uh, Thaddeus so well put. By putting that weight on our own shoulders, we're we're not letting anybody off the hook by that. We're including ourselves, right, in that. Right. That makes sense.
2: It does. And and the thing that I think is a double hurt if we're talking about. Clergy disappointment because I've seen it not just in the the recent rounds of things that, that have gone on to to priests that are close to me. I've seen it um, going back years to when I was in college. I mean, literally three of the priests when I was in college left that university that that ministry because of scandal. So I've been seeing this going back to my <laughs> my childhood when my parents ran a retreat program. And they're dealing with the priests in the Diocese of Dallas, where a lot of the scandal came from, you know, way back when. So this is nothing new in my life uh, to see some of this. It's, it never feels any better. But one thing that I've I've noticed is calling it what it is, is something that needs to be done. It, so often we see it swept under the rug we pointed out as a time of personal prayer and reflection needed when yes that is true or we see times when when it's not we're asked to pray for the person that has broken their vows which is very important but an acknowledgement needs to 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 be given from those that are in higher authority that yes this is devastating and this is very hurtful to those that are in the pews and I, I think we want to say, if you're feeling kind of double hurt by
0: that, I want to normalize that because you know what? I've felt that before. Yeah. And, and this goes to something that, uh, that I did some, some reading up on and, you know, mm-hmm. especially in a, a large active diocese like the Diocese of Austin. Sure. Um, you know, in the, in the canon law and the code of canon law, many, many times it it points out that that the bishop is the not only the shepherd but he's the the father of his people and he's the the father figure to the priests in that in that right. diocese. Right. And when a priest has a failing, it says in the canon law that the bishop is supposed to one of the things he's supposed to do there's there's sort of a flow chart of what he's supposed to do. Yeah. But one of the first things he's supposed to do is give a fatherly exhortation to the priest to set him straight to get him back on the path okay kind of like a spanking mm-hmm. maybe well, i'm i'm a dad you know i'm a, I'm, a verbal i think a verbal spanking <laughs> in well, this I case i didn't mean literal yeah <laughs> but to to redirect right it's to point out the wrong and to redirect okay a large diocese how is the bishop supposed to know right when he needs to do that and that's where it's incumbent upon the laity to inform the bishop about what's going on. And included in that is, is saying how much this particular maybe public example now that has happened. So now the bishops aware that the situation is mm-hmm. going on. Well, he also needs to know that this is really devastating. So yeah. what I, the short of the long of what I'm saying is it's in the, it's in the laws and the structures that govern our, Church, that we are within our rights and almost obligated to mm-hmm. inform the bishop about how much some situation is and, and is so, affecting us, so that he can so know lovingly, yeah, you know lovingly and respectfully, charity, of course. But don't in any way feel that it's not proper for you to write write to the bishop and say and and talk about how these experiences have have affected those around you, yourself, your parish community, et cetera, et cetera. It's absolutely good and proper that you do that and it will assist him. Yeah. And, you know, one
2: thing is, a. am going to say one more thing, Judy. I'm going to toss it to you. And I, As no. a dad, you know, my punishment for one kid is an example of how <laughs> the other kids better, mm-hmm. better not behave. And mm-hmm. so we as a laity, I think oftentimes don't see what's going on in that exhortation behind the scenes i think it would be helpful in healing to know that it's occurring because we all need to know from that example that that our shepherd our papa is is taking care of business you know what i mean mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we don't always get that impression and so you know, take take that in mind when you're giving your feedback. If right. you need to but, pass I mean, that along
1: on any given I, day, I, I can't, can't imagine. even imagine oh, what man. I uh, have. Kind of used the analogy of you know, we as the laity kind of have this peripheral vision of the, of a parish life, and we uh-huh. see things from side to side. And we're human; what's always all about us. But right. we have our pastor in place to overlook you know, and his perspective has to take in the entire parish Mm -hmm. and the bishop's perspective has to take in the entire diocese. diocese. And so what, uh, you know, when it's coming up again in May, when pastors are going to be moved and all of this, you know, we just can't know what he knows. And yes, everything that he has said is, is perfectly spot on, but can you imagine the whininess of oh man the laity that you know this priest moved that statue and you know those kind of things Uh, I just can't even imagine
2: I I guess I said what I wanted to say not out of being a kind of a whiny little brat myself I, I wanted to say it because I know there are a lot of other people that are feeling the same way, but I want to say very clearly, I cannot imagine what it would be like to be a Bishop in this day and time Mm -hmm. with all the pressures and difficulties and the, the way things are in our current day and time and age and world. And I I can't imagine what they may have at their, their, their plate to try to make these decisions. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I said with charity, if we're giving feedback Give it from your heart, but give it charitably, Yeah, you know, uh, and I mean, and that's the communication that we're trying to model yeah. here today.
1: Bishop Amon uh, came to St. Anthony's at a particular time of great struggles mm-hmm. and uh, spoke at all the masses. And he said that um, another bishop had experienced something like that. And so he thought he told the congregation, I'm going to put this survey out and therefore I can choose a pastor that would fit into mm. uh so th- the congregation filled in the surveys he took them into consideration and he went back the next week and he said not even Jesus himself could, <laughs> <fit> the, could <laughs> take the place of what what a parish's expectations are so again that just kind of
2: <laughs>
1: amplifies the uh the need for all of that so uh we possibly come to a part of the uh, program where we look towards some opportunities for consolation and, you know, what, what are we to do?
2: You know, Uh. I, I, I know there's consolation there, but I I think people need to know that there are just consequences that come from this type of thing. And um, that's where I go back to calling it what it is. It's sin. And it is scandal and it is infidelity. And I'm not talking about just clergy here, you know, because it goes on in each of our lives and in some way in our families and that we see we see what goes on in those that, as Father Mike said, fail us and those that fail to live up to what we think they should. And, and you know what? We oftentimes fail ourselves and fail to live up to what we know should be, and that's in our each of our own personal, private lives, we have to be able to pick up, pick up, pick up ourselves and move forward, forgiving ourselves but doing better. And and I, I just want um, you know, I, I want people that are out there listening to know that if they're struggling with what's gone on in your family or even in your parish, um, uh, first of all, our prayers are with you, but you're not alone and that struggle is real and it's normal for you to be going through that. And if you get together and not out of a sense of gossip, but out of a sense of loving charity for your fellow parishioners and fellow mankind,
0: give some love to one another and, and, and support one another through this you know let's go back to something else uh that we had in the program before father mike schmitz and that's the the story that uh from joy from joy Mm -hmm. that she related about the police officer um we we can logically make sense of the fact that he did an objectively good action and he went above and beyond
1: the story just in case yeah
0: please do go ahead Um, Someone
1: called in this morning and shared. Are you a
0: professional radio person? Because that was really no, but I do play one on TV. Okay. (laughs)
1: Uh, (laughs) We had a caller call in and uh, share a glory story that um, a family from here in Bryan had a ninety-year-old, ninety-one-year-old mom in San Angelo who they couldn't contact over the course of the lack of utilities and this one called, oh, well, I live an hour away. I can't go there. But my son is a police officer there. Ask him to go check on the lady, which he did. And rather than try to just deal and help her stay in that situation, he took her home, called his own mother and ended up connecting them. And she was able to be so much more comfortable. So through his Kind act
2: above and beyond
1: that could have gone a different way. Wow. This lady was provided shelter over that, and it was just a completely random. If you don't, <laughs> I think it was an intentional act of the Holy Spirit that this lady shared this in front of me. Another person that heard it said, Man, no more people need to hear this. Yeah, and my show was today, so that's how it all right came about, right? So, and
0: so he went above and beyond. Uh, what he was called to do, he did an objectively good action. Mm-hmm. And that objectively good action is still good, no matter, he could be an absolute son of a gun in the rest of his life. You know, there He could have some serious sin in his life that we don't know about. But he still did an objectively good action and that objectively good action did good for this woman. And we can take you know, heart and it, it affects us, right? That's that that's that fides qua creditor idea. Yeah. But we but then we know from our own let's take it over to our Catholic faith, which is that we know in an even more profound and sure way that the, when the priest is standing before us in mass and he, he is giving his homily and when he's speaking on the truths of the faith, when he's giving an interpretation of scripture out of the heart of the church's t- teaching, we can take that to the bank even more so than the confidence we have in the objective good of the police officer's action because it's grounded in Christ. It's grounded in the, the truth that Jesus is who he says he is. He is this the incarnate Son of God. And and that Eucharist that the priest confects on the altar has nothing to do with the personal holiness of that priest. It's about the grace of Christ flowing through those consecrated hands.
1: Through the apostolic succession. Through the apostolic succession, two, going all the, the way back to the, the apostles. Yeah. History. That's a, what
0: our faith is grounded on. That's the fides qua creditur. We believe. That.
1: Right. And those good things have that same ripple effect on all of us as Indepen- the,
0: independent of the personal holiness of the priest. Yes. Yeah. And uh, take that to the bank, folks, and, and meditate on that, you know, and that and that's not something new that the church has been dealing with. This goes all the way back to the fourth century. Augustine and the Donatus controversy, and short of the long, is that the persecutions from the Romans were so bad that you had priests, even some bishops that were apostatizing. They were falling away from the the faith, renouncing their Christian faith. And there was this debate when they wanted to come back, could they still execute their faculties? And Mm -hmm. could they still be welcomed back into the community? And it was properly decided that and St. Augustine, Augustine went into great detail explaining this, why them performing the sacraments was still valid despite their fall from faith. Nothing new under the right.
1: sun. I'd, I'd like to just move to a little time of prayer, sure. uh, if we could, and uh, simply ask us uh, to have this prayer for, for healing. Loving God. I pray that you will comfort me in my suffering, us in our suffering, lend skill to the hands of our healers, and bless the means used by my curse. Give me such confidence in the power of your grace, that even when I am afraid, I may put my whole trust in you, through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And, um, you know, I encourage all of our listeners to seek out this... um, Podcast from sure. from Father Mike um, really gained so much and kind of some of those bullet points I took from from listening to it. Uh, we'll,
2: we'll post a link to it on our our Facebook yeah, page. How's that? That'd we'll be great. Like that.
1: um, you know, remembering that Father Mike led us to look in, at Scripture and uh, he pointed out that the the prayer of the church, the liturgy, the hours, the ongoing prayer of our church. Mm-hmm. For the sole purpose of praying for the church, yeah, is so beautiful and our are um ordained or required to do that, but we are all invited uh our lay you know, I think Pam interviewed uh Bishop Strickland on his book uh Salt and Light, mm-hmm. in that book points out the importance of the laity, and so many um of our learned
2: I think it's light and leaven actually. Where did I get salt? Who knows? Uh, the Bible. My poor. I think it's light and leaven. But you know what? I could be 100% wrong. <laughs> but.
1: I'm not surprised. I know he wrote a darn great book, and I can't wait to read it. Uh, lots of things. But the, the focus is that we, the laity, play such an important part. And yes. our church is hurting. Our church is living in this world with all the... The shutdown and the yeah, all those kind of things. But we he promises us the gates of hell will not prevail.
2: And the last thing we need to do is close ourselves into our closets and, and shut ourselves off mm-hmm. from those that are around us that we love and that we do have lowercase f faith and, lo- and lowercase t trust in. It's okay to trust because it's better to have loved and lost than not to have loved at all. So it's okay to have faith and trust in people but put your ultimate capital F faith and capital T trust in the truth capital T of our capital F faith <laughs> <laughs>
1: and in Jesus who will never disappoint us who will always be and then think of the the titles of the Holy Spirit the comforter the consoler
2: Yeah. Amen to that sister. Constantly there. Well, Thank we, you all we love for you guys. listening.
1: We love you. We are praying for you. Join us. Please pray for us.
2: And we'll pray for you. Amen.